We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Pepsi, Indeed, and BetOnline.ag. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, as always joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, uh, the author of that original Zero RB piece, and uh, somebody who I'm delighted to have each and every, well twice a week, not just each and every week, twice a week, every week on the podcast. And Sean, I heard a lot of shows over the last week or two saying that it was season two, season three, season five, etc. Um so I looked up this. This is actually season three of uh, the Road of His Overtime podcast. It is the hundred and forty first edition of the show. It's hard to believe that they're flying in that quickly, but um it, it's been a it's been a hell of a lot of fun. But uh, what I was saying to you before we started the show today was a lot of fun this weekend was although some of the results didn't go in my favor in terms of my season long teams, my dynasty teams, a lot of them going very very strongly though but uh, just having the, the action back on on sunday um was was a hell of a lot of fun i really i really enjoyed it, it was one of the, the weeks i enjoyed the most i think over the last couple of years and i think part of it was just even though it's not normality it kind of it felt like there was a little hint of normality in the air uh, i'm a soccer fan too and uh, the premier league soccer started at the weekend so just f- felt good to have sports back to give you that bit of a, a relief i guess from from what's going on in the world um how, how did you find week one 
Hula is fantastic. We did have a few performances that weren't quite what we were expecting, but so many of the stars went off in such a big way. We had multi-touchdown performances from almost all of the members of the Big Five at running back. We had absolutely gigantic performances from those wide receivers that we were urging you to take at that one-two turn. Exciting to see Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, really putting up some massive scores. So I I like to see scoring. I thought that week one was impressive because the offenses performed pretty well. I thought that that might be the case because I think that uh, defense, you know, one of the reasons why defenses can be less consistent year to year is that it really requires a full team effort. You got to have everybody working in concert. You have to have everyone managing uh, his responsibility and that can be difficult with a limited amount of practice certainly it can be difficult with injuries i think injuries actually affect the defensive side of the ball more than the offense with the obvious exception of the quarterback your quarterback goes down and your team season is is almost certainly going down the drain but it was great to see offenses be able to take advantage those big scores from so many of the high profile players i think this just got week one off to a roaring start exactly what we needed uh, to get this fantasy football season and nfl season going yeah and i agree with you on the defensive side of the ball like we did see some mistakes there but i also think that we've seen uh, teams like really try to push the the ball downfield i know there was some games that weren't very exciting um i had a parlay running on to the over on that uh, chargers versus Bengals game which obviously it <laughs> didn't get anywhere near uh, in the end up but uh, some of the games were a little bit tougher to watch but games like uh, the arizona cardinals uh, 49ers game a lot of fun to see kyler murray and you already mentioned deandre hopkins you know seeing the, the seahawks uh and the Falcons shootout uh, you know there's just so many games the Packers game and I really enjoyed the Packers game from a Packers perspective seeing Aaron Rodgers play one of his better performances over the last couple of years was a lot of fun but to see him do that with Devontae Adams who you mentioned uh, some incredible plays just been made across the board um, seeing a lot of a lot of spectacular plays so let's hope week one was a sign of things to come as we get ready for the rest of the season thankfully there is a lot more weeks to come and that'll lead to a lot more good action on the nfl field and a lot of good times playing fantasy football this season so before we dive into uh, sean's kind of recap of week one that we're going to digest on today's show uh, we're going to jump straight into the ffpc stat attack and today's stat attack is going to follow a guy we've talked about a lot on the show and became a very very relevant player early on on sunday Naheem Hines obviously getting that early touchdown. I think for people who weren't watching that game, who didn't get a chance, it's relevant to know that he was actually on the field, scored that first rushing touchdown before Mack was injured, was playing a lot ahead of Mack or with Mack uh, while Jonathan Taylor was there on the bench. And that leads me to today's stat attack, which is that Hines, as a rookie in 2018, he averaged more expected points per game than Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler and so when we look at him and what he could potentially do now that Mac is sadly out I think we want to look at it within that context of someone who right away as a rookie came in and performed now he underperformed that expectation but this season with Philip Rivers I think it could be a very very different story Heinz, a guy who had a better prospect profile, I think, than people realize. He's faster, I think, than people realize. And not a lot necessarily separates him from someone like an Austin Eckler who had that 300-point season last year. So knowing that, making sure we have the full context for that will be important as we look forward to what's going to happen in Indianapolis and perhaps how that affects some of our other lineup decisions and just roster construction decisions going forward. 
you know, the FFPC is the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry with Dynasty Best Ball and, of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. The main event is obviously underway, and uh, this week, myself and Sean's team uh, started off with Ben Gretz 0-1, and one, uh, but a long way to go. We're going we're gonna to take it and give the, the other teams a, a little bit of a head start, and then we'll be uh, flying from week two onwards. But, uh, obviously, you can head on over to myffpc.com if you want to find out more about the Dynasty Leagues, which, obviously, will be continuing. Uh, as the season progresses that's myffpc.com the home of the ffpc so sean you mentioned there and that you know with eckler one of the things that i thought straight off the bat um and and i had hinted at this on a, a few shows and i know you were talking about Hines uh, quite a bit was when rivers was in that position and we had made the kind of comparison to what he's done with woodhead what he's done with eckler what he's done with those pass catch and running backs and straight off the the start on sunday it looked like Hines was like just a ready-made fit for philip rivers and that colts offense did look pretty good they should have beat the jacksonville jaguars in that game pretty comfortably they kind of kicked themselves in a lot of different ways to not win it but uh, it feels like a, a really good fit unfortunately as you mentioned for the injury as well um you know to mac but we'll see we'll see how it goes the rest of the way but looking at week one what were some of your key things that you know you wanted to highlight after it um you know with what what you've seen yeah you mentioned that we went to zero and one that was disappointing the other three main event teams that i have it's just so unfortunate because it doesn't work as well for the show the other three main event teams, <laughs> two with curtis and and one with blair those teams were off to a, a roaring start and uh, the team that I had with Blair, the Extreme Zero running back team, uh, put up 193.6 points. Hines, obviously a big part of that as well. Julio Jones, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley. We got the explosiveness there. And then the breakout from TJ Hawkins and actually a few more points from Noah Fant on the bench. That's the what we're looking for from these zero RB teams right we're looking for the receivers to go out there and give you such a high floor and a high ceiling that really regardless of what happens at the running back if we had scored zero running back points which with the running backs we have uh, is not an impossibility that will happen sometime this year that team would have still scored over 160 right and so clearly we're not going to get quite that performance from the wide receivers every week but that's the type of lineup that we're trying to put together and then we look at what we can do with the running backs move some of those guys in we had another team there that we were looking at that had both Hines and Malcolm Brown unfortunately both of them not in the lineup uh Zach Moss you mentioned earlier getting the start instead of Hines and that one Hines now though does look like a pretty straightforward start the rest of the way we had warned about Eckler on the show talking about how Philip Rivers number one in expected fantasy points to the running back position through the air last season you know more than double what the Colts had with Jacoby Brissett and then in week one we had more or less what we expected right Indianapolis led the NFL with 17 targets to the running backs a little bit of a surprise san francisco second with 14 buffalo 11 and then to give a little bit of a contrast with some of those other teams that added the rookies and perhaps we're going to use the rookies a little bit in the passing game detroit eight targets to the running backs the rams five kansas city four and the ravens only one and so that was one of the red flags with dobbins we'll probably talk about him a little bit later on the very positive side there uh, him getting into the end zone twice but Hello, what did your take on this situation 
Kansas City versus the Colts now. Jonathan Taylor, the Chiefs passed on him, wanted Edwards O'Leary because of that pass catching element. Then we see what Taylor is able to do right off the bat there with the Colts. Uh, as I'm watching this game and uh, interacting with the family members at one point, you know, someone said, and this was before, sadly, again, the Mac injury, but I think the Colts have three running backs now better than anybody Kansas City has. Uh, that's how good, how explosive Mac hines and taylor looked early on taylor takes that first reception explodes down the field it looked like a college highlight there uh, 35 yards down to the two this is the guy kansas city could have had we look at the targets we look at this vital element of the fantasy profile week one jonathan taylor six targets 67 yards scored uh, more than 12 points as a receiver Edwards Alaire, two targets, zero yards, obviously zero points as a receiver. What I thought was very interesting, like obviously the usage of both running backs, but I think that like week one, and we see this a lot in social media, there's like instant reactions. Everything you see it is either right or wrong based on what happened in the first quarter of week one and, and so on and so forth. Like I know we'll probably talk about it later, but you know, for example, like AJ Brown's performance this week or DJ Moore's performance this week. Like I think you know doing a victory lap after one week if you didn't draft those guys is the wrong thing to do because week two week three week four we're going to see those guys put up a lot of points um so what i would say is it's very early to judge it but based on the the pre-draft and post-draft situations that we thought of jonathan taylor i still would prefer him out of the two as a running back i think though in terms of the offense to be paired with the dream scenario after the draft was with kansas city i think that he will be used more in the passing game obviously than he was this past week but there's no doubt that um they have a lot more options i think in kansas city to pass to than there is uh, with the colts like i was very impressed this week as well with paris campbell um, thought he was somebody who could make a jump this year um and then obviously we have ty hilton there but a lot of you know question marks outside of that there um and then obviously of Hines picking up the targets i was surprised at how much work jonathan taylor got receiving obviously there was the injury to mac but you know mac wasn't somebody who was getting a huge amount of receiving work either so i i was very very impressed with his with his work in the receiving game i was expecting him to do it as a rusher but i wasn't expecting it to happen as quick as a receiver so i think game script probably played a little bit into that as well you know they as i mentioned they were making things very difficult for themselves they had more yards than the the jaguars they they really should have you know finish with a more dominant score and certainly i don't think she'd have lost that game but i'm very excited to see what taylor does i'm disappointed to see mac get the injury um like i think if we were redrafting now uh one week into the season i think that you know that pushes taylor up into that probably mid second round close to the, the start of the second round uh, if we were drafting and it certainly is going to push up hines as well what's your thoughts on taylor if say if we were drafting today i think i would probably take him over edwards lair but i think it would like I would be taking Edwards Laird later than most people drafted him like you know last week or the week before I would be taking Taylor probably at the the start of that second second round as an option yeah it's interesting you mentioned that and uh, I'm again probably too biased to give a fair answer on this one in in those last two drafts would you take him over Christian McCaffrey (laughs) yeah right we uh (laughs) 
We got the 103 both times. Started Camara and Cook, splitting those two to make sure we had a little bit of coverage both directions. And then came back through in the second round and selected DeAndre Hopkins. He was one of my priority targets for the season. Uh, we've talked about how you know he's the only guy to have two number one wide receiver finishes in the last five years. He's the only guy to be in the top five three times. I'm sorry, only time with Antonio Brown to be in the top five three different times. He's now in this high-powered offense. That is looking very good. We'll talk about that in a second, see if we think that can continue. And then in the third round, uh, we had this sort of difficult choice. And and you and I and Ben went with Mark Andrews in that 2-3 range wrapping through there. That looks like the right choice through one week. Mark Andrews, two touchdowns. The Baltimore Ravens offense is going to be unstoppable. He's going to be probably the focal point. Obviously, Marquise Brown also looked fantastic, but Andrews could have one of these like Randy Moss type of seasons, you know, catching touchdowns for the Ravens. If you get that at tight end, uh, that's uh, certainly a league winning type of result. Chris and I decided to take a little bit more risk, a little bit different direction and draft Taylor, someone who scored a 100 in the running back prospect lab. And once Mac went down, which again, we were definitely not rooting for, but once it did happen, and once he starts catching those passes, then the conversation for us shifted to, can Taylor have a Saquon Barkley type of rookie year? And we think that he can, because this offense is going to have so many receptions for the running back, which that both gives you then such a high floor, such a high ceiling as a runner Taylor is probably in that same category. So the question always was, okay, he's a little bit different style of prospect, doesn't bring that same receiving value that Barkley did. And that's really the thing that elevates Barkley into that range with a Christian McCaffrey, you know, makes him a viable option at the 101, certainly locks him in that 102, 103 kind of range. Now in this offense, I think we have a unique situation where Taylor really could do it, right? He didn't get in the end zone week one if he had, then I think the enthusiasm for him would be even higher. I would take him ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I have my rest of season running back rankings out for the top 24, those running back one, running back two guys. And he slots in number six, right? He slots in right ahead of Josh Jacobs, who's going to be the focus of our show on Thursday. Edwards-Alaire coming in eighth, Aaron Jones ninth. And so once we get out of the top five, Taylor, for me, is the next guy, and I would not be surprised if he's able to push into that top group because you're going to get big plays, you're going to get receptions, you're going to get touchdowns. Uh, Phillip Rivers, like you said, he moves the ball. Uh, it's it's a good Phillip Rivers, bad Phillip Rivers in terms of on Sunday. Move the ball, control the clock. The Jaguars, unfortunately, for some of us who had DJ Chark in there, Chark flashed, but they just the Jaguars didn't have that many total plays, right? Because Rivers is monopolizing the ball, except for when he's turning it over in key moments. And so there are a lot of fun things about Rivers that gives him that sort of Jameis Winston-esque quality now late in his career. Uh, with the one difference really being that instead of Winston propping up those wide receivers now, as you mentioned, it does look good for for Hilton, and it especially looks good for Paris Campbell, who looks prime for a big season. But Philip Rivers is the guy who turns running backs into superstars. So I think Taylor would have to be a first-round pick for me if we did the draft again today. With the football season back, Pepsi are ready to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. 
I love Pepsi, my favorite, one of my favorite beverages uh, to just uh, sip on while watching the games. I love to have it. Uh, my, my hint is to, to put it in the freezer. I usually put it in the freezer for maybe 15 minutes. Uh, it'd be really nice cold then. I uh, can really enjoy it while watching the games. Usually, you know, it's a, it's a six-hour slate. Usually when I watch from uh, 6 p.m. here in, in Ireland all the way through then to kind of 1.30 maybe in the morning, I like to, to get a few of them in there where I can. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power you through game day and become a member of the League of Football watchers these are passionate fans ready for real generational talent and that's what pepsi fuels because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch the game pepsi it's simply made for football watching even though sports had a break your business didn't and that's why i want to tell you about our friends over at indeed you have to keep moving and that makes you makes hiring even more important than ever indeed is here to help indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people and they do it fast plus indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier with 73 percent of online job seekers visiting indeed each month indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners to our show a $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it. And once again, they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with our free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Don't miss out. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. So, Sean, obviously, you know, week one was pretty good. We mentioned Hines and, you know, there was a number of other zero RB candidates that filled in there uh, and, and started to already produce. You mentioned Zach Moss as well, you know, caught that touchdown earlier in the game, early in the game for the Bills. Um, what was your thoughts on how, how it started to shake out so far for zero RB? Sometimes we don't expect it to, to be clicking into gear quite as early as week one in the first quarter, but there was a number of candidates that were we're stepping up straight away. Uh, pretty, pretty happy with how things are kicking off for us on our on our journey here this year. Definitely, we got the big game from Dobbins getting into the end zone twice. He didn't touch the ball hardly at all, and that gives a little bit of a sense of his upside. One of those backs where he won't necessarily need the touches if he can emerge a little bit in the passing game. If they can decide at some point to throw the ball to the running backs, that would help. But he looks like he's going to win that battle with Mark Ingram very, very quickly. Just a big gap right now in terms of where they are talent-wise. We mentioned one of Curtis Patrick's favorites, Joshua Kelly. He looked especially impressive, I think, in that he added a little bit more pop to the running game, maybe even than Melvin Gordon offered last year to get those 10 carries, punch that ball into the end zone. It looks like he is going to be the complement to Austin Eckler there. Based on their new offense, sadly, it may be Kelly who actually outscores Eckler in quite a number of games. Probably too much to ask him to do it for this season, but we're going to have more games like the one that we just saw here. So multiple guys emerging. Sadly, last night, Connor goes off again right away. We had Benny Snell, and it was fun to watch him, right? Rumbling in the secondary, making those cuts, uh, hitting the hole hard, hitting guys, driving them back multiple yards. He looks like the guy that he was in college. He looks like the guy we've talked about throughout the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. The Steelers are going to try and keep Connor involved anytime that ankle is okay. He'll be in there. They did take Snell out sometimes uh, in passing situations. 
they have some concerns now on the offensive line. But I think with Ben Roethlisberger and these wide receivers, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, a couple touchdowns last night. You have Deontay Johnson. Had a rough first half, but still got 10 targets. Looked really uncoverable. You've got James Washington, who authored really the highlight play of that game, uh, fighting in for the touchdown there. You have Chase Claypool, who went up and made an astonishing catch along the sideline. With those four guys, and that even you know eliminates eric ebron who uh, wasn't involved last night with the wide receivers getting so many targets it's going to be difficult to really focus on that running game so even though the blocking is going to be compromised i could see whoever gets those carries to be able to punch into the second level and then create some big plays get quite a number of goal line touches simply because of how good that offense will be in the passing game defenses will not be able to focus on the run the way that they did last season yeah, no, I'd agree with you. And I, I think, like, just the, the thing I enjoyed most probably about this week was you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but those top wide receivers, you know, the likes of Hopkins, likes of Adams, you know, Ridley had a big game, Julio had a big game. You know, there was just so many plays. Will Fuller was, you know, getting involved on uh, Thursday night football. There was just a lot of big plays made. There was a lot of explosive plays, and it, it made for a lot of fun watching the, the games this past week. I'm, I'm hoping it continues. I have a feeling that we could go into week two expecting this, and it could come crashing back down to earth. But the one thing we don't have this year, and you, you mentioned about the defensive thing at the start of the show, we don't have game tape on a lot of these players. And there's players that usually, like, you know, we have week one of the preseason, we have week two, these players start to to peak a little bit. We've seen some, you know, undrafted rookies get some snaps yesterday, which there really hasn't been any talk of the undrafted players at all because this year we had we had no kind of sample size to watch them what they were doing with those rosters. So it's going to be fun to watch them over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I enjoyed the the Panthers Raiders game a lot more than I thought I was going to do. I thought Robbie Anderson had a really good game there. I know that uh, that we were doing some emails back and forth, and the question came up that was the big decision that we missed uh, starting uh, DJ Moore over Robbie Anderson. But it's going to be fun, and it's going to flip from week to week. But just lots of lots of good plays uh, along the way. Was there any was there any other parts, Sean, that you wanted to highlight? Obviously, I would urge the listeners to go and check the piece up on the website to get all the information um, looking back at, at week one but is there any other parts of it that you want to highlight for the listeners well it, it was a fun article to write anytime that most of your teams and again the, the ot teams didn't participate but when your team <laughs> get off to that big week one start it's a lot more fun to pull up all the stats a lot more fun to work on the various articles talking about the guys who emerged some of the running backs who now actually look to be in difficulty right away do have the rest of the season running back rankings up there talk a little bit about the passing game and garbage time looking at adam thielen calvin ridley uh, someone who did not benefit from it in odell beckham talked some about jack miller's research into him and, and what the browns have going forward but something that wasn't a focus of the article but i think we'd be remiss if we don't cover here in week one ot fans know that column is a green bay packers guy uh, Curtis and I got wiped out on all of our QB targets. We decided to actually wait at quarterback uh, as opposed to the other league where we got Kyler Murray. Those of you who drafted with us this season know that Murray, Deshaun Watson, some of those guys, if we hit a flat patch, those are some players we were targeting to try and get that run pass double for the quarterback position, trying to get that really high ceiling. But we missed on all our guys, and we were very disgruntled when we selected Aaron Rodgers in the 14th round and then 
Sunday happened. Colin, tell us a little bit about the Packers, <laughs> Devontae Adams. There's a really cool article up on the site right now uh, by Zachary, who looks into the wide receiver position, takes the deep dive. His wide receiver usage report every week is going to be pretty amazing. Looks at targets, looks at expected points, gives you a bunch of cool air yards data. Go over and check that out. Obviously, Devontae Adams leads the way. 17 targets, but not just high targets. 14 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns. You were encouraging us last week to draft MVS. We went with Miles Boykin instead. Uh, at least through one week, that doesn't look to be the right decision. Alan Lazard also getting in the action there. And the Minnesota Vikings, you know, that's not necessarily a team that you would have expected them to put up such a massive number of points against you know some issues in the secondary but overall a good vikings defense what can we make of this green bay packers explosion especially after they were bashed all offseason and there seemed like there could be problems there with aaron Rodgers? it's like one of those sort of things where obviously the media can overreact to a lot of things and you know if you ask me it wasn't the right decision to draft a, a quarterback at this point but yeah as a franchise you do have to think longer term and Rodgers while he hasn't been bad he hasn't been to the level that we would have expected over the last year or so he is getting older so it, it makes sense from a franchise perspective but we look into what that means then for the roster like you know this team has a very very good defense this team last year was 13 and 3 they didn't do that solely on offense and majority of the games that they won they scraped through based on defense and then Aaron Jones did a lot of stuff then himself but like it was pretty much Aaron Jones uh Devontae Adams and the, the defense that got them to that 13 and 3 record now I don't expect them to do what they did this week. Last year was a brand new offense, brand new head coach. The whole thing was clicking together. From Sunday, what I've seen, obviously they could have planned for that over the last like six weeks. They could have been just scripting them plays over and over again. But the timing was what I was impressed with. Like last year, there was a lot of plays that the Packers were having where Rodgers was throwing a deep ball and it was been, you know, it might only be five centimeters off, but when that timing isn't clicking, it's a wide receiver diving for the ball and he's not able to catch it. Whereas that like Valdez Scantlin deep touchdown that was just as, as good as you could have thrown that pass so I think there's a lot of positives and I think they looked a lot more on the same page I'm not expecting it to happen we've seen Rodgers have some big performances even last year and the year before but I I was messaging Pat Fitzmaurice if you listen to the Fitz on Fantasy podcast uh, I, I helped produce that one but he's also a Packers fan and I, I messaged him on Monday and I was like that was pretty exciting yesterday wasn't it and he was like oh yeah it was so it, it was definitely one that i enjoyed I, I hope it can continues through the season you mentioned about being disappointed in the 14th round i've said time and time again that rogers is a much better nfl quarterback than a fantasy quarterback and i think that'll continue to be true this season but uh in terms of my perspective i always put a little bit of a dampener on it i don't want to be seen as the homer who always is just picking the packers all this draft all the packers players all the time so i try not to do that but uh you know Rodgers is my favorite player of all time and Devontae Adams is probably, probably a close second uh, with what he's done over the last three or four years so I'm excited for the Packers this year uh, looking forward to, to facing off against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl Sean that should be a, a fun preview show <laughs> when it comes to February that's right that's right and you mentioned something there I think that uh, gives me some hope that this Packers offense really is going to emerge and be fairly explosive like we've seen from past iterations and that is that we're in the second year of this offense. Everybody now on the same page. When new coaches come in, bring maybe a more dynamic offense, you get the old stale offense out of there. And uh, we can sometimes be too early 
in terms of targeting that. That first season, there can be this transition. Obviously, we were on the Cardinals, all of those different guys, especially Murray and Hopkins, wanting to benefit from Kyler Murray's second season and the second season of the offense. Now, the concern a little bit, Hopkins, just his first season in the offense, we know wide receivers changing teams. That can sometimes be a problem. Thankfully, it did not look to be much of a problem at all in week one, even though Aaron Rodgers obviously not going to make this second-year jump that we see from Kyler Murray, I think the second year in the offense could be very good for all of these Packers guys. And even though MVS was a big disappointment last season, still a young guy could still emerge. I think this is a big season from, for Alan Lazard, really consolidating the breakout that he had last season. There was so much criticism of the Packers not addressing those two slots, but we look at Valdez Scantling. He's the guy who came into the NFL with one of the best freak scores in that class and from the last handful of seasons. He's a guy who can challenge the defense physically. You know, if he can make the plays, there were actually a couple of other plays there uh, that he dropped. He added, you know, some more to his total. Uh, Alan Lazard, a guy who's big, athletic. Uh, Lazard is a physical mismatch. Right, So you put those two guys out there with Devontae Adams, you put them out there with an Aaron Jones, and this offense is not as devoid of weapons as I think everybody thought, you know, as recently as a week ago. Yeah, and I think you mentioned there, you know, about the the second year as well. Like, we've seen it with the Falcons the first year under Shanahan, things were kind of somewhat good clicking at times then the second year under him they nearly uh, i think that was at the seventh all-time maybe scoring offense in the nfl that's just off the top of my head we've seen it then with uh, shanahan and the 49ers took that bit of time i know they had an injury to jimmy garoppolo in that first season but it takes a bit of time sometimes to get that you know playbook and go through like there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to a full offense and all the the wide receivers running backs and so on learning it so i'm excited week one was very exciting it could all come crashing back down but um very very positive signs for the, the Packers offense uh, Sean's pieces I mentioned up on the site he mentioned some of the other great content that is going to be up there throughout the season obviously there's the waiver wire articles up there too by, by Curtis Patrick and there's the the zero RB reports up there as well lots of great content you can get yourself a 10% discount to a one-year subscription by adding the code 2020 RB radio at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information highly recommend it the season is here but the tools that are there are all set up for in season the content sets you up for in season even like Curtis is doing the, the dynasty waiver wires like that sets you up for this season and beyond so get in don't miss out that's 10% off the code is 2020 RV radio and with that it's going to do it for today's show my name is Colin Kelly you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland Sean teased it earlier in the show we are going to be talking a little bit about Josh Jacobs on Thursday's podcast and we are going to have some thoughts from Davis Maddock on that show as well so don't miss that one make sure you subscribe to the road of his overtime feed drop us a written review and check out sean's great piece up on rotaviz.com until we're back on thursday have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast The wait is over. As you've seen in week one, football is back and you might not be at a game this year, but you can certainly bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team players and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. 
And you can still get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head on over to Bet Online to take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use our promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.